Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Have you ever gone to the store and found the perfect pair of shoes, at least the way they look on the display? Then maybe you put them on and you think they look pretty good and then you bring them home and you wear them a couple of times and wait a minute, where did all those blisters come from? The next thing you know, you're starting to have foot pain and you just don't know why. Well, just today I was talking with someone who bought the most expensive pair of shoes in his life and they don't fit. We're going to be talking today with Dr. David Yee. He has got over 20 years of experience. He works with his brother at the Hawaii Foot Clinic. And we're going to talk about how to get the best pair of shoes for your feet. How do you know what your size is? And how can we make shoes more custom fitted? Kind of like they were 100 or so years ago when everyone had their shoes independently made just for them. We'll be taking your calls at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Dr. E, welcome back to The Body Show. It's nice to be here. We had John, I think, quite a few years ago. Mm, I think last year, maybe Was the year before. the year before, yeah. Well, let's talk about what's the secret to finding the best pair of shoes. I mean, everybody wants to have happy feet. So at the end of the day, your feet don't kill you because you've been wearing the wrong shoes. What's the secret? You just mentioned it. You should always try to fit your shoes at the end of the day. So don't go early in the morning because are your feet skinny in the morning? What happens is a lot of times your feet will swell up to half a size bigger and up to one width larger from morning to afternoon. That's why your shoes feel pretty good in the morning when you first get up. But as the day goes on, you can't stand your shoes. It's because your feet have swollen into the shoes and the fit is no longer as good. So... You, it's the best thing you can do for yourself is to is to try your shoes on in the afternoon instead of in the morning. Now, you're a podiatrist. You've worked with people in their feet for two decades. Do people really know their shoe size? No. Are you amazed at how often people say, I wear a nine, and you're like, uh, you're a 10 double E. What are you thinking? Well, Oprah once said that 80% of all women are wearing the wrong bra size. I've come to the conclusion that 90% of all people are wearing the wrong shoe size. How did we come up with these sizes? Did we just make them up? Did we just try on shoes and think that's what it was? Well, that's a fair question. What happens a lot of times is that shoes are built not according to feet, but according to wooden frames called lass. Or, well, actually, they're now made out of plastic as well. But the lass are, sized of a, are made of a certain size and a certain width. And the shoes are, are made out of materials stretched over them. They're not shaped like our feet. Everybody's feet are slightly different. So what happens is the number that you, the size number that you get is not always exactly the fit of your foot. Is it one of those things where, you know, one size fits all if you're a nine narrow and yet it really doesn't fit anybody correctly? Well, the problem is that we, unfortunately, we live in the time of cheap plastic shoes. Companies will make $20 pieces of pairs of shoes that are just not fitting real well. And the problem is that plastic has memory, meaning the material stretches, but it's, it never molds and shapes like, like good materials like leather. 
And as a result, the shoe never, you can never break it in and it's constantly rubbing and irritating you until it either breaks or until you throw it away. A second thing is because shoes are company, because the, these, the more, the high end companies have to compete against the low end companies, they will have to cut corners so they don't make widths on the shoes anymore. If you not, ever look at shoes, you notice that they don't have widths anymore. They're all just size seven, seven and a half, eight, nine. Well, that means that if it doesn't have a width, it's a medium width or a B width. Now, it's okay if you happen to be a Caucasian individual because shoes are designed by Caucasians for Caucasian foot types. But patients who are not Caucasian, and you know that's that's the majority of people out here in Hawaii, a lot of times we have wider feet. So therefore, we don't have the wider widths unless you look specifically for them. I may be Caucasian, but I'm in that wider width category. <laughs> I don't think I've ever worn a narrow anything, let alone just <laughs> shoes. But okay, so so how do you know your shoe size? If you think you kind of know it, what's the best way to measure it, and how can you? Can you do it at home? Do you do it at a store? Sure. What do you do? What I usually do is there, there's a couple of quick things I do. One is that I I love the Brannock device. Which, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things, it's, it's kind of hard to find. It's like hen's teeth. You, it's that big metal that frame metal they put on the floor. That thing that has all the weird the numbers and all that. things? Yes, yeah, I okay. use that as a starting point. Now, the, the problem is that a lot of shoe companies consider it obsolete because it was developed back in the 20s. But a lot of company, but it still gives us a good idea of where to start. And I use that as a starting point from which to measure, to then decide. Now, I usually recommend if you buy exactly what you measure on the Brannock device, chances are it's too small. But if you because the shoes are cut according to frames and uh, the wooden frames, so I usually recommend a size bigger, which is uh, and also uh, and I also recommend the next width up from what they measure. So if you were like a nine M, you're saying a ten W. Yes, along those lines. Yeah. Um, another thing is, as I said, I recommend patients buy their shoes in the afternoon when their feet are hot and swollen. They should get a shoe about a half an inch longer than the end of their toes or about a thumb's width of space. That's where that the phrase rule of thumb comes in. Really? Yeah. Um, so the thumb, you have to have a thumb's, a thumb's width of space on the okay. front end. Um, so there's your toe, but don't squash it in there. Exactly. Okay. And the, the, I also have patients check the width, and they check the width by standing up and being able to wiggle their toes in the shoes. Okay, so I'm sitting, but if I was standing and I was wiggling my toes, you want to be able to do it. Yes. The reason is that if you're getting squashed together and your toes are, are rubbing hard against each other, you're going to get blisters between your toes. And those are painful. Those and are those not hurt. fun at all. Those hurt. Um, I tell patients not to break in shoes. The, because of a lot of the restrictions on the sizes and fits of shoes, a lot of times well, the salesman will try to talk patients into buying stuff that doesn't quite fit right. And the, the pat answer is you need to break. It'll be fine once you break it in. So you should never break have to shoes. break in shoes. If the shoes hurt, if the shoe doesn't they're going to get worse. You must 
a quit or something. Okay. (laughs) Yes. If the shoe doesn't fit, all right, we'll come up with a different analogy. So is it, would you change that particular size? Are there some styles that are just not meant for certain people? Well, again, you have to kind of pick out the shoe according to what you see in front of you, what what I see in front of me. Um, You know, know, uh, a, a person with Farmer John feet, Barney Rebel feet, definitely could not fit into a into a, a four inch heel i mean it just it just wouldn't work so the foot the shoe has to be somewhat like the foot in its appearance and shape and so how would you know if somebody just was was home and they're looking at their feet and they're saying i want to get a nice pair of stylish shoes whether they be men or women how do you know where to find these comfortable shoes that are stylish that you would want to wear in public that you don't have to break in. We talked about different materials. So mm-hmm. don't get plastic if you can avoid it. Get something that's more naturally made. Stay stay away from plastics and rubbers. Um, I usually prefer leather material uh, to a shoe. Um, up to a point, you do get what you pay for. And when I say that, in a price range of about say, 75 to $150, it usually means the shoe is of better quality. It's a higher-end type of shoe. Anything less than that is usually not so good. Uh, but when you, when you start going up above that number, you are paying more for the label than for the shoe. So what you really want to look for is, first of all, a shoe that you put on and you actually feel comfortable and can walk in it. Absolutely. Okay. And... If you can feel comfortable, walk in it, and you don't feel like toes are rubbing, you have a little bit of a thumb's distance, that's a good... That's a good fit. That's a good, quote, rule of thumb. Okay. What are the most common shoe mistakes that people make? Buying too small, buying too big, what's the most common? Buying too small. Uh, People people get used to buying shoes that don't fit. And the reason is that a lot of times... The com- well, it, there's a lot of reasons for There's a lot of blame to go all around. A lot of the companies that build shoes cut corners by limiting si- widths, and they're even eliminating half sizes. So a lot of the shoes are only coming in certain sizes, no widths. Like a 7 or an 8, not a 7 and a half. Right. Or and just a narrow or just a, just a B, medium, yes. and nothing else. Yes. And another thing is... It's cheaper to make shoes out of plastics and rubbers than it is to make shoes out of leather and good quality materials. Like sneakers are rubber, right? Well, sneakers are rubber, but they also have leather portions. uh, Nylon is actually a fairly elastic material that is not a bad material as well. Uh, It gives. The problem is that certain rubbers stretch, but they have memory. So that means they snap right back to their original shape and you can never break them in. Like Crocs? Or are they slightly different? Crocs, well, you see, this is also part of the issue as well. Some of the uh, the Crocs have the advantage in that they're cut a little more rounded than a lot of other types of footwear. So even though it's made out of a a rubber that doesn't give very well, it's also more rounded, so it's more shaped like the foot. So there's more space to start off with. Yes. Okay. So so you can have pluses and minuses, and and more pluses makes it a better... Versus more negatives makes it a, a bad shoe. 
What about those old wooden shoes? I remember hearing about uh, those clogs, those clogs, those Dr. Scholl's wooden shoes. Yeah. Were those good? Actually, a, 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 a lot of if you look at a lot of the sandals nowadays, they actually are wood wedges and they are clog styles. Clogs are actually very, very comfortable as long as they're incorporated into a sandal design instead of a full-on closed Dutch shoe kind of thing everybody thinks about. Um, the reason is clogs can allow you to kind of roll off your off the balls of your feet. It can take tension off of your uh, plantar fascia. It can take tension off your Achilles. Um, it can be quite a comfortable um, design feature of, of shoes. I mean, I just figure a lot of surgeons in operating rooms wear clogs. Mm-hmm. They can take them on and off. That might be their reason. But, boy, if you're standing for four or five hours doing a surgery, you better have comfortable shoes. And yes. they always tended to wear clogs, and so I assume they would be pretty clogs okay. Clogs are, are actually pretty good. Um, the problem is that, uh, there, is that clogs do need to be wide enough to be comfortable because uh, if it's a medium width, you might be hanging off the sides, and it might be a little irritating on the balls of your feet. As a result, um, sometimes some patients find that the wood, that wooden, firmer materials like woods and hard plastics might be a little too much pressure on their feet. And they may need to have a layer of some kind of padding between their, their foot and the, uh, and the wedge as well. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. David Yee. We are talking all about feet and how can you get the most appropriate type of footwear for you so that at the end of the day you have happy feet and you don't feel like your feet hurt really bad and you just want to lay down, put them up and not walk for the rest of the evening. If you have a question, if you've gotten a pair of shoes and you're kind of curious, is it a good kind or not? Um, or you're just not quite sure how to even approach the idea. You can give us a holler at 941-3689, toll free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. Now, Dr. E, a couple of the fancy shoes that have been around, there was the whole, um, there were the ones that are like fingers, the the ones oh. that you walk and it looks like you're not even wearing sure. shoes, almost like barefoot. They're, they're like gloves for your feet. They're called Vibram Five Fingers. And what happened with those? There was something where they were, the sure. company said they were really good and then they had to admit they weren't or what was that with that? What happened is uh, five, uh, Vibram Five Fingers were part of, what they call the minimalist movement, where people were trying to run barefooted or as close to barefooted in an attempt to be closer to nature. Well, the problem is that, unfortunately, our world is becoming too civilized. Everything is covered with concrete, asphalt, tile. And there's gross stuff on the ground if you're going barefoot. Well, the thing is, that's uh, puncture wounds and infections were always a big problem, running barefoot. So the minimalists attempted to design a shoe that was more like a glove. Now, the problem is when you ran on hard surfaces, you started, well, you started getting things like stress fractures and plantar fasciitis and Achilles tendonitis problems because the shoe was not absorbing enough shock and stress. And what's happened is it's now swung the opposite way. And now we're coming out with what are called maximalist shoes. We actually have... Like, uh, for example, there's a company called Hoka that makes the Hoka 1-1, and it literally has an inch of padding on the bottom of the shoe. Is that good for you or not? Well, it's a, it, it can be really good if you're a high-mileage runner 
because it absorbs a lot of shock and stress. But the problem also is that these shoes tend to, because they're, they're very cushioned, they do tend to break down a little faster because they are not as durable. What would make um, a pair of shoes like that more durable? I mean, should I'll, you get hard rubber? Should you get soft? Should you go for an inch, a little less than that? How do you know what is the best type of shoe for you to wear if you're going to be doing something athletic, if you're a runner? I'm, I'm always a big fan of, of middle of the road, personally. Um, you, you, a lot of times it's a trial and error effort, but usually you can't go wrong with a, with a pronation control shoe. Uh, which means that it has uh, a, a, a certain, uh, well, it has a, a relatively significant amount of, of support and, st- and stabilizers on it, but it still has a lot of cushion. Um, usually I recommend uh, lightweight shoes and, uh, ra- for example, racing flats for people who are better trained uh, and are in better shape and therefore lighter weight and having less stress on their feet. And so if you're lighter weight, get lighter shoes. If you're not so lightweight, get a little more cushion, shock absorption. Um, more or less, yeah. All right. We've stability got, is the key. Stability is the key. So if you stand up, and we'll, what about those rocker bottom shoes? You know, I saw a person the other day, and they were wearing them, and he was older, and I went, you're going to rock on your Okole over there, buddy. Maybe <laughs> you shouldn't be wearing these. Well, those was a whole other type of shoe that was really popular for a while. Rocker shoes... Um, are actually great shoes. They they actually work very well. Um, we use them for a lot of patients with problems like pain on the balls of their feet or metatarsalgia, uh, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis. They do have some drawbacks, though, in that they are relatively unstable, and you have to kind of get used to using them. And uh, they can actually cause some overuse strains in injuries if you're not quite ready to use them. But they're wonderful shoes. Should you start off doing them just wearing them for a couple of hours, see how you do, go back to regular uh, shoes? Well, I usually recommend the, the same rules as for fitting shoes. The, people should try them out, wear them around the store for uh, you know, five in to ten minutes. In the afternoon, don't go in the morning. See okay. how things go. And then take them ho- buy them. Take them home, try them out in the house for a couple of days, and you'll know after a couple of days what's whether it's good or not. And as long as they're clean, you can usually take them back and still exchange them. Thus, the idea of wearing them in the house instead exactly. of going outside and coming back with once, these like brown colored shoes yep. that used to be white. You might have some exactly there. once they hit pavement, once they get scuffed and beat up, they're yours, whether they fit or not, whether they're comfortable or not. And it's so, hard to give up those expensive shoes. Nobody wants it, to do it's that. It's not like throwing away a $5 T-shirt. You know, people kind of go a little crazy about throwing away a $150 pair of shoes. You're well, absolutely correct. I would like to correct. say donate to the Salvation Army. Somebody <laughs> can fit in those shoes. They will love you for it. All well, right. to that I'm going to say it's not worth a plug nickel if it's not comfortable. Absolutely. It's causing there problems. you go. If it hurts, don't wear it. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. David Yee. We are talking about the mysteries of feet and how to find the most appropriate type of shoes, fancy kind or not, that keep your feet comfortable all day. When we come back, we're going to talk with a couple of callers that are patiently waiting. Please stay with us if you want to join the line of folks we're going to talk with, 941 3689. Toll free our neighbor islands, 877 941. 3689. We'll be right back. Stay with us. 
The air pollution in China is bad, really bad. But we haven't always been a breath of fresh air ourselves, you know. It was just a toxic atmosphere. I was thinking, what could you compare it to today? And I think you'd have to look at cities like Beijing. It hurt, literally hurt to breathe. I'm Kai Rizdal, a new series, We Used to Be China. First stop, Los Angeles, next time on Marketplace from APM. This evening at 6, following The Body Show. Hawaiian musician Danny Carvalho showcases new directions at a concert in HPR's Atherton Studio on July 19th. He'll be featuring his vocals as well as celebrating the diversity of his creative influences, along with bassist Will Tofolo and drummer Von Barron. Join Danny Carvalho in the Atherton Saturday the 19th at 7.30 p.m. Reserve your tickets at hprtickets.org or by calling 955-8821 during business hours. Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. David Yee. We are talking about keeping your feet happy. During the break, I was showing him my oh-so-stylish SAS shoes that I have to say, a couple of years back, one of my patients who was 90 was very excited because she and I were sharing the same shoes. She thought she was stylish. I felt depressed for the rest of the afternoon, but (laughs) when I went home and I took my shoes off and my feet were happy, it was worth it, I'll tell you. It was worth it. We've got some very patient callers in the line. I want to start off with Holly from Eva. Holly, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you. Thanks for being patient. What can we do for you today? I just wanted to share. I've had trouble with my feet for a long time. I'm only 32, but I have... uh, semi-severe bunions, so I've had a lot of pain um, and been wearing slippers for many years here and not been taking very good care of my feet. So when I went to go try to find a, sh- a, pair- a shoe that was closed-toed for work, I had such a hard time, and I thought, okay, maybe it's, like you said, maybe a more expensive shoe. And so I went to, you know, more high-end um, department store, but it wasn't even that. I ended up at um, a home a while place uh, that's super great called Uyeda's. You might be familiar with it. It's on the corner of University and King Street. We were just and talking about them. That's where I get really? my oh-so-stylish okay. SAS so shoes. They're going to make like 100 years next year, anniversary. And they're so helpful in helping me find a pair of shoes that was extra wide, that was long enough and everything um, that really fits my feet and don't cause me any pain and I just never thought that I would find a pair and didn't have to pay more than you know $150 for a good pair of shoes so Holly, so happy I, to find them. I think you and I might be shoe twins because that's <laughs> where I went to go get my oh-so-stylish shoes. But I'll tell you, it makes a difference when you have a professional help to measure your feet, tell you what it is you're looking for, and they really are helpful there. So you're echoing exactly what I just said. Well, oh, ho- Holly, I don't, I can go home right now. <laughs> yeah. so we'll just have you, Holly you, on the yeah, line. Yeah, you'll just let, we'll just let you talk and it's okay. Uh, Holly, you're absolutely correct. They are some of the great, some of the best shoe fitters. And and I think that makes the difference. Uh, uh, Someone who knows what he's doing and can help you, Johnny, on the spot. Absolutely. And And I congratulate you for being such a smart consumer. You know what? It was actually my podiatrist um, that recommended going to them. I'd never heard of them. And um, my podiatrist said, you know, I know you want to avoid the surgery, so you really need to get a good pair of shoes. Go to Uyeda's, and I was really extremely happy when I went there. Excellent. Congratulations. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you for your show. It's very helpful. 
All right. Well, thank you, Holly, my shoe twin. And uh, next time I go there, I'm due to go call them and get my next pair. Um, they know me. I call them with my size and my shoe, and they know who I am. That's kind of scary. Um, but thanks for sharing with us, Holly, because uh, that's that's a great place. And we're going to talk some more about locations where you can really get great assistance. Don't try and go and find out your own size and try on your own shoes and not take advantage of the expertise of a professional because people really learn how to make sure that shoes fit well. Right. I'm happy that Holly mentioned her podiatrist told her to go there because you're right. You walk in the store and you kind of feel like you've gone back in time yeah. a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's they're really helpful and their shoes are actually quite stylish. Yes. The flip side of that is I would like to recommend that you never, 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 ever buy shoes through catalogs or the Internet on the first go-around. You need to know what the shoe feels like and how it fits comfortably. And you're going to any kind of savings that you may make on buying a discounted shoe you end up usually losing by having the po- having to send the postage, to, the, you know, having to do postage to send it back again. and forth. Okay. So I'm going to say, get fitted right by somebody in person, and then once you know what you're looking for, then take advantage of discounts and sales and and catalogs, and that way you'll be safer. Well, and I've had some great stores in town. I went to the walking company a few years ago, and they had my shoe size in, like, neon yellow. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, people, I am not going to attract that much attention to my feet. <laughs> but they were willing to order my size since I mm-hmm. tried it at the store, bring it to the store. They would take care of the shipping. I could come and try it on, and if I liked it, I could buy it. And if I didn't, they would have it at the store. So they really were willing to work with me to do that. I, th- I think customer service is the is the bottom line on shoe fit and that's the lost art a lot of times when you go to stores they've kind of done it the the the, the backwards way what they do is they have racks and racks of shoes and, and you've got to kind of hunt through and try to find what you can and then you take that shoe to the to the mate department and you get the other shoe and a lot of times people don't know what they're looking for. It's just they're, they're inundated with so many options and, and they don't know what they're looking for. Sometimes it really helps to have somebody guiding your hand and letting you know what looks good, what works, what can help you, at least for the first couple pairs. Sure, and what feels good. Yes. And what makes your feet happy. And in the afternoon. Afternoon. Not in the morning. Okay. Yes. We've got Kelly on the line from Liliha. Kelly, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Thank you. Um. My father um, has Alzheimer's and normal pressure hydrocephalus, so he, his gait is shuffling. Okay. Okay. And um, he doesn't want to wear um, slippers or go barefoot, so it, it seems like his, his, his feet are painful. Okay. Kelly? So... Um, I'm sorry. Um, I was giving him a bath when you were on the phone with the other caller. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So, is, is there really a place that we can go and get him fitted properly? Yes. Um, the, one of, the, as we were mentioning, um, Ueda Shoe Store. It's on the corner of King Street and University Avenue. is a wonderful place. It's not that far from Lily, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, another option is if your father is already being seen by a by a, a specialist who takes care of feet, uh, possibly 
he could get evaluated and possibly fitted with a uh, with uh, an extra depth shoe by uh, you know someplace like Honolulu Orthopedic Supply or CR Newton or one of the other orthopedic supply houses. It's it's just a question of just what does he need, and um, and a foot specialist would be the best person to tell what would work on him. And and who would that be? Well, you could you could either see a, a podiatrist. Uh, you could also see an orthopedic surgeon who specializes in feet, uh, possibly a physical therapist, possibly uh, the uh, family doctor might have some suggestions or might be, might be uh, willing to make some suggestions himself. Uh, but I, I like you wait a shoe store simply because they have a great selection and they, uh, what's more important is usually getting fitted properly and everything what? else go, usually falls into place. What shoe store? It's called Ueda. Shoe store. That's U Y Y E D A, and they're located on the corner of King and University. All right, Kelly. I hope that helps your dad. And just to let people know, neither Doctor Yi or I are actually sponsored by Oeda Shoe store. store. We just happen to like their service. But you know, really, that's one of the one of the places that I found is sort of my shoe home. Yes. When it's time to go get shoes, that's where I'm headed. Usually after work, so it meets your afternoon criteria. Um, but I've, I've never had a situation where I've ever bought a bad pair of shoes there. They're not going to be. $20. I mean, be prepared. You're going to have to pay for something that's quality, but it really is going to make a huge difference when you're walking. And we don't take any kickbacks from them. No, we don't, really. I'm not going to get any free shoes. <laughs> I'm going to pay my regular price. Even though I match the 90-year-olds, I'm still going to do it because it keeps my feet happy. Okay. Absolutely. We've got another caller on the line. We've got David from Kailua. David, welcome to The Body Show. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for being so patient. What can we do for you today? I play ultimate frisbee, and I'm wondering if the uh, general guidelines that uh, you were given earlier apply to athletic cleated shoes like that as well. Yes, I, I. What's more important is that the shoe fits comfortably, David. Everything else is uh, is kind of secondary, in my opinion, because most shoes have a certain degree of cushioning, a certain degree of support, but if it doesn't fit comfortably, it's going to kill you. It's going to be miserable. Well, I, have really, I have really wide feet. I've found it very difficult to find cleats that are, that are really cut wide. Unfortunately, that is a problem. Uh, cleated footwear is usually not available in widths. Um, the closest things I can usually recommend would be things like uh, New Balance or Saucony or Asics gels, like you know, playing in more like a running shoe. That's the um, that those are the only they carry wits so those would be the only ones I could offer um, as far as cleats and things I'm not I, there are not many companies that make wider wits and cleats. Would you recommend going with like a, a leather top as opposed to a synthetic fiber something that could actually stretch a little bit then? Well, I'm you know the thing is most. It's it's hard to find pure leather athletic shoes and things like that nowadays either. Um, again, so and the thing is, so usually if you, I'm gonna I'm gonna say most of the shoes you're gonna find are gonna be like nylons and and a, and materials that will give more. Leather is gonna be a harder a harder option to find. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Thanks for calling us, David. While he was. 
on the line, somebody called in and said, New Balance sells, you know, 4E and beyond with widths. Yes. So that's one of the man- brands you mentioned, New yes. Balance, Saucony. Yes. Uh, that some of them do sell the wider shoe that people might be looking for. Well, what happens is with a lot of shoe companies, um, as I said, they don't make widths. So everything is like a medium or a B. But New Balance, Saucony, Asics Gels, and a few others, they will go wider, but they don't make every width. What they'll do is they make widths the same way a lot of pants company makes make pants. You know, they increase their width by two inches and their inseams by two inches. Well, these companies will increase their shoes by two widths. So the medium will be a B. They'll skip up to a D, then a 2E, 4E, and they will go up to 6E as well. Wow. So if you really have Freddie Flintstone feet, you too can find awesome yes. shoes. Yes. Good to know. All right. We have another caller on the line. We have Larry from Eva. Larry, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you guys. Um, my question is about Earth Shoes. I've had really good uh, experience with Earth Shoes, and, and, and I was just wondering what you think about them because I'm curious why they quit making men's Earth Shoes. Now they're only making women's. I've never heard of Earth Shoes. Dr. Yi? Earth Shoes are neg- what they call negative heel shoes. That means the heel is lower than the ball of the foot. Oh. Uh, you can kind of think of it like a, like a high heel in reverse. Why would you do such a thing? Is it actually better for your feet? Um, no. Okay. I, I'm, uh, well, you know, Larry, I'm, I congratulate you that you have good luck in them. But the majority of people usually have a lot of problems with them. Uh, the reason is that a lot of people tend to have, we, we, as human beings go, we love to run and play and do all the things we normally do. But we, one of the things we don't like to do is stretch. So we tend to get tight heel cords and tight hamstrings. And when you wear an earth shoe, it tends to put a lot of strain on your Achilles and on your hamstrings. So it can cause a lot more problems with Achilles tendonitis and plantar fasciitis and hamstring pulls. And so I'm not a great fan of them. I mean, they're okay if you've got the flexibility and the range of motion. It's okay. My answer to everything is always, if it doesn't hurt, you can wear it. But if it hurts, stay away. And yeah, they, uh, the thing is that my posture was really bad, and wearing the issues actually corrected my posture. Oh, I'm I'm sure if you're comfortable and you're happy with them, that's great. But now I'm now you I, can't get them anymore. Then. Well, you see, part of the problem was you are a rare gentleman, and a lot. Unfortunately, a lot of patients tend to be just the opposite. We tend to have tight legs, tight backs, and it causes it, they had a tendency to cause a lot of strain on a lot of patients. So that's why they're kind of disappeared off the market. Yeah, I'm kind of like a Neanderthal kind of a build, you know. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that's why I am the rare exception. But. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad they work for you, but uh, for Maybe a lot of other people. Maybe Maybe there's a lot of people, Larry, with your size earth shoe they yeah. didn't no, work. That, believe it or not, there's not. And but right. anyway, my other question is, what what what's a good substitute? That's probably just a good New Balance with a because I have white feet too. So New Balance with a, a E width would probably be a good substitute because I'm going to be running out of options pretty soon. New Balances are great. Sauconies are wonderful as well. Asics gels. Uh, those are just three that I can tell right offhand. Um, you can also go with Skecher uh, Shape Ups. They do. There are. If you can find them, they're they're a little harder to find, but they do. Some of them do have wider widths, so you could go that way as well. 
All right. Well, thank you very much. It's a great show, you guys. Thank All right. you. Thank you, Larry, for calling and for educating me about earth shoes. That's a whole new kind of shoe that I haven't been familiar with. All right. We've got another caller on the line. We've got Bob from McCulley. Bob, welcome to The Body Show. Hey, we're talking talking about shoes and feet here and all. And yes, we are. So, and what? So, what about socks? What kind of socks are best for on the athletic side, the the runner, uh, as well as you know, just general everyday? Sure. Um, I personally like socks that have a mixture of synthetic and natural materials. Um, it's hard nowadays. It's hard to find pure cotton or pure wool socks anymore. So usually you have to buy them as a blend. But what I would recommend usually is that you buy a co- that you have as high a percentage of natural fiber to synthetic. The synthetic gives you strength, but the cotton has the wicking action that helps to keep your feet dry and cool. But does it matter whether it's uh, you know ankle or no? Half- it's it's that's pers- that's a completely fashion sense issue more than anything. Um, some people like ankles, uh, ankle height. Um, I like ankle height because I'm a hairy guy, and uh, if I wear knee highs or stuff, it just tears all the hair out of my legs. So I'm not real thrilled about those kind of socks for that reason. That doesn't okay. sound too comfortable at all, but that's a great question, Bob. You know, because we're talking shoes, we really haven't mentioned socks, and that's an important point. The higher percentage natural element or material, mm-hmm. the better it is. Because, you know, you don't want stink feet either. You know, Bob, you just don't want that. So oh. that whole, you know, I'm going to have my feet stink and my sneaker smell. You can avoid that if you have good moisture wicking from yeah. your socks. And um, Another thing also that figures into shoe fit, going back to shoe fit, Whenever I tell patients to go shoe shopping, they should always take the biggest, the thickest pair of socks they wear on a regular basis because their socks do take up room in their shoes, and it, it, it will help to enhance the fit if you, if you have the thickest pair. That way, it could fit your thickest pair, but it also fit your thin pairs as well. And so okay. be, bring your socks with you. All right. Well, great advice. Thanks for calling us, Bob, and for asking that question, and it's a good piece of advice. Bring your own socks if you're wearing a pair of dress shoes, but you're going to go buy sneakers, bring your socks to the store. Absolutely. Because, you know, if you use their socks, well, that's kind of scary. But if you use their little hose and you might be putting in a foot with no sock and say, it fits, and then you take the shoe home and, you know, forget it. And it's especially true if you wear things like Thorlo socks, which are those, those big, thicker thick ones. padded yeah. Yeah. socks on the, on the toes and the heels. Those things can take up almost a full, almost a half a size difference. Uh, in in the shoe, so, so you, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Okay. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio. We are talking feet with Dr. David Yee. How can we get the most appropriate type of shoes, sneakers, socks, you name it? We're talking about it. We'll be back in just a minute for some more callers, but you can join us at 941-3689, toll-free from our neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We'll be right back. Stay with us. On the next humankind, when people are worrying about things they can't do anything about and they're repetitively focusing on thoughts and images of these bad things happening, they're scaring themselves. Physician Martin Rossman on the problem of needless worrying and how to reduce it. I'm David Freudberg. Join us for Humankind. This evening at 6.30, right after Marketplace.
On the 100th anniversary of World War I, we revisit Thomas Keneally's novel about Australian nurses in the Great War. Best known for Schindler's List, he talks about writing from unexpected viewpoints. Writing a social history of the rejected is something that perversely appeals to me. Thomas Keneally reads from his 29th novel, The Daughters of Mars, on New Letters on the Air. Tomorrow evening at 6.30, following Marketplace. Aloha. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here with Dr. David Yee. Today is the foot show. We're talking about how to keep your feet happy and how to find the best shoes, in my case, stylish or maybe not so much, but very comfortable. And what about socks? We had a great call, Bob from McCulley. What do you get in socks and how do you make sure you get the right ones? We've got some other very patient callers on the line that I want to talk with. Then we'll talk some more about the future of shoes. Okay, first we're going to talk with John from Wailuku. John, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for being uh, patient. I had a hip replacement a couple of years ago, and of course I've had excellent results. I wouldn't even know I had that done. And ever since that time, the doctor had stressed to me about the best exercise for me was walking, so I've been an avid walker. And the only thing I've noticed, I've been using uh, good running shoes for walking in, but I've started to notice some small little lumps uh, on, in my arch area, and <clears throat> I'm wondering if I should switch shoes to get a good walking shoe, and what is a good walking shoe? Great questions, John. Good that you're out there walking. I mean, you had the hip surgery, and you're really making an effort to try and keep your body moving, which is the most important thing, and yes. the only exercise proven to improve longevity is actually walking. So good work. So I'm curious, Dr. Yee, he's got these weird bumps. What should we do? Well, um, what what brand shoes do you wear? I've been wearing the uh, New Balance. New Balances are, are a great shoe. Um, I've got no problems with that, but it's possible that your shoes might not be giving you enough support. You may be getting some strain on your arches, and you may be de- de- developing a uh, a cousin of plantar fasciitis called plantar fibromatosis. Maybe I'm not. I'm not positive since you're not here in front of me. Right. But it could be causing some strain, and you could be developing uh, some uh, masses of scar tissue in in your in your in your plantar fascia. It might be a good idea to go back to your orthopedic surgeon or go to a podiatrist and have them evaluated, and they can then talk to you about possibly uh, fitting you with a art support or or a heel lift or something to just kind of help to reduce some of the strain on your arches. Okay. I, I have been wearing orthotics that I have, but mm-hmm. um, so it's not as bad as what it used to be. It's actually better, but I was wondering if maybe it was the shoe or if there's a specific walking shoe I should be wearing. No, usually it's the shoes or the shoes can only help. I think something else needs to be done, so you probably need to be further evaluated. Okay. All right, I'll do that. Good luck. Okay, thanks for your help. All right, thanks for calling us, John. I have a couple of, of questions. You know, how often should you change your shoes? Oh. I mean, John's walking all the time, right? So, right. I mean, you don't just buy one pair and then for the next three years keep them. What's, okay. what's the lifespan? There's a whole bunch of numbers that are thrown around. Um, people will say you should change your shoes every 500 miles. Uh, other people will say after one year of use. Uh, other people will say when your shoes are looking bad, 
Um, you know, meaning they have holes in them. Well, they look don't worn wait out. until there's like, you know, I once waited till my sock was poking <laughs> through on the bottom and I went, what's that? Oh, I need to get a new shoe. That, so don't wait that long. No. Okay. Um, my personal favorite, though, is if the shoe just doesn't feel good anymore. You know, when you first, it's kind of like driving a new car. When you drive a new car, it feels, you know, it has that new car smell. It just feels good. But then after a while, the smell goes away and it just smells like a car. But see, then it feels familiar. Yes. You know, like you could close your eyes and know where all your gadgets are in the car. Right. How do you go from, oh, here's my foot and my shoe that feel familiar to knowing that, hey, maybe I need to replace it? Sure. The time-wise is, is good, but when things wear and things when things wear out, but also when things start to feel kind of dead, when, when the, the pads just don't give you that bounce and spring. I'm, it's usually th- time to start thinking so about replacing it. put your hand in there. No, I mean, check where, it. Put, put your foot in there. Check it. Yeah. And if you're not getting that springy step, you know, yeah. if, you, if you're if you not sure, should you go try a new pair? And if yes. you go, what a difference, then you know then you do. it's time. Oh, that's another thing. Shoes also age sitting in boxes. Mm. So the thing is, people buy tons of shoes, but they don't wear them very often. You have to understand the shoe is getting old in the box. So... It is not uncommon for patients to have sandals and things. They take them out. They haven't worn them in two or three years. They take them out. And then when they come into the office, they're tracking in oxidized bits of rubber that have fallen off the sandals because they haven't used them and they're just breaking down from just the constant pounding. So materials do have uh, have a shelf life even if they're sitting in in a nice quiet box in your closet. So you should probably check your shoes at least once a year, just to make sure that they are in good repair. And if not, you should give serious thought to tossing them. Make sure that you at least, should we toss them? Should we send them somewhere? Should we donate them? I mean, if they're that old and they're falling apart, it's probably got to go. Nike has that program. Do they still have it where they collect used sneakers and they used to do that? And and use the rubber for like playgrounds or other things? Oh, that's that's, they still do stuff like that, yes. But they don't um, and you, they, you probably have to look it up on the website. It's, and, but yeah, they a lot of so, some of these companies do. Um, if the shoe is in good repair, you can take it to places like Goodwill or or things like that. But if you're uh, usually if the, if it's just a fit issue, I would say you could probably pass them on to charities. But if they look really worn out, you're not doing the next Nobody's person any favor. Any good. Okay, all right. Sounds like an important point. We've got Kenny from Kauai. Kenny, thanks for being so patient. Welcome to The Body Show. Uh, thank you for taking my call. What can we do for you? I've lived in Hawaii for the last 13 years or so, and I'm not working. And basically, I wear slippers every day. Am I ruining my feet? <laughs> Great question, Kenny, because you are not alone. There's a lot of people that wear slippers every day. Interesting, interesting question, Dr. Yi. Slippers, like the kind you might buy at Long's on sale. Okay. Are we doing something bad? To that, the answer is kind of, sort of. <laughs> That's definitive. Yes. Okay, kind of, right. sort of. All right, Kenny, hap- we'll get to the bottom well, of this. Well, Kenny, what happens is a lot of times wearing flat rubber slippers, the $20 kind from Long's and all, and all these places, are usually not very good for us. Um, they don't give us the support and the protection that we need. But sandals in and of themselves don't have to be bad. There are a lot of very good sandals available on the market that where the designers have 
put a little thought into the biomechanics and the and and therefore they have great cushions, great heel lifts, uh, proper arch support, and and you can actually find a slipper that it's not uncommon to find a slipper that is almost as good as a as a shoe. Unfortunately, they also cost as much as the shoe because all the design features that go into them are going to cost some money. So brands like Reefs and Kobians, Olukais are all available uh, throughout the islands, but uh, they also will be in the price range of a pair of good shoes as well. Did you say Reef, R-E-E-F? R-E-E-F-S. Um, Olukais are another brand I usually use. Um, some of the less expensive brands are like Kobians. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of there's also a lot of uh, cheaper, not-so-great slippers around, too. So it's easy to get fooled by them as well. You know, I've never really had any problems with my feet, but I have noticed something odd. When I moved to Hawaii, I was a size 9.5 or 10. Uh-huh. Now I need to buy 11. Okay. Does that, does that make any sense? Is yes. Because of what I'm wearing on my feet? Well, what happens is your feet are not held up by your slippers. So what's happening is your feet are collapsing out, and it's causing more stretching and straining. And it's not uncommon for people to, for their feet to get a little bigger. That's an important thing to remember is the shoe size you wore as a teenager, it may not be your shoe size as you get older. Absolutely. There could be some expansion, some flattening, some widening, some lengthening. Yep. So just because you think you wear a nine narrow, you probably don't anymore. Yep. Make sure you get them checked out. Okay. I have good news for our buddy Larry from Eva, one of our other callers called in and said, hey, you know what, the Earth Shoes, they've seen them in ASICs, or at least that reverse heel part. So, Larry, if you were the one from Eva who called in about Earth Shoes, we might have an answer for you. Um, That might be something that you could look into. ASICs, I wasn't aware of that. Mm -hmm. We also have Carolyn on the line from Punchbowl. Carolyn, welcome to the Body Show. Hi there. Hi there. What can we do for you today? How are your feet? <laughs> no, I'm pretty good. Um, I really like a running shoe that has a flexible sole. Uh, I was wondering if the doctor could comment on that. And also, if there is a brand that's got, with that, with that flexible sole in mind, that's got um, a wide ball of the foot but a narrow heel. Well, again, um, don't mean to be a broken record, but uh, New Balance's Saucony's A6 gels are always great. Um, shoe companies have a tendency to make different different models of different styles. So what happens is you have motion control shoes, but you also tend to go into racing flats, uh, which tend to be lighter weight, which tend to be thinner. They have le- they have more cushioning. Uh, actually, they have more cushioning but less support, which means less weight. So that might be an option for you in- instead. Okay, thank you. Um, oh, I'm sorry. The other one you could try are Hoka One Ones, which are a company that that that's really soft and cushiony. They're they don't have the widths, but they are pretty comfortable and soft. So it might be uh, another option for you to explore. Great, Hoka One One H O K A K O N E O N E. Okay. And the, unfortunately, so the only place you get them is Ueda Shoe Store. Oh, we're I'm sending sorry. more people to Ueda <laughs> Shoe Store. 
All right. Well, Carolyn, you're calling from Punchbowl. So you go down University and King, you'll see it. It's on the right. Okay. All right. We've got Roger on the line from Makiki. You know, Dr. Yee, this has been quite a busy show for you. You've got all these questions. We've got all these great issues with shoes. Roger, welcome to The Body Show. What can we do for you? Hi, thanks, Doctor. Um, great show. I'm, I hope, uh, apologize if you guys have already talked about uh, socks, in particular special purpose socks like hiking and athletic socks. Does it make a big difference? Um, some people will say that that's purpose-built socks and things like that are important. I kind of have always perceived it more as a gimmick to sell to sell things to those people. Um, I personally feel that a lot of times people can do well with just a uh, a good blend, uh, you know, a, a, a natural fiber with synthetic. Um, for hiking, I usually recommend, um, you know, having a padded heel and a padded toe, a uh, padded forefoot. Um, you know, so you could use like, for example, you could use like Thorlow running socks in a hiking boot, and I think that's perfectly acceptable and fine. It's just whatever you feel comfortable with more than anything. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thank you. All right. Thanks for calling us, Roger. Uh, While some callers were on the line, we had somebody call in and want to know, what do you do if you have flat feet? That changes kind of the size of your shoes. Does it change anything else? Are there shoes designed for people who have just flat feet? They don't have an arch. And is it okay to wear flat shoes? Well, um, my personal attitude is if it doesn't hurt, it's perfectly fine. This, uh, if it doesn't hurt, you can do, wear whatever you like. But if it hurts, it's, an issue, it's a problem for you. Um, a lot of times for patients with really flat feet, though, we would recommend motion control shoes. Those are shoes that have more support and more stability to help uh, hold their feet up a little bit better uh, when, they, um, mo- when they walk and run and do other activities. So what's a motion-controlled shoe? I mean, that's not a standard running shoe. Well, it actually is a standard running shoe, but they have, again, what happens is a lot of the companies kind of branch off into different directions. You have usually like racing flats and lightweight shoes. You have middle-of-the-road regular control, and then they go motion control. Motion control shoes tend to be bigger. They tend to be heavier, more supportive, more stabilizing. Again, the more stabilization means more weight. Um, the shoes are also designed for use with art supports, uh, usually if necessary. So what happens is it gives you a stable platform that is capable of containing an art support to hold you up. So you want to look for that stable platform. You want to look for the motion control if you're trying to get yeah. the most stability out right. of your shoes. If if if, if, she, if he's not having any pain, a regular middle-of-the-road shoe is fine, no problem. But if you're doing something like if you're having aches and pains or if you want to increase your mileage, you may want to think about progressing to a motion control shoe as an alternative. Now, one of our callers mentioned orthotics. What exactly are orthotics and who needs them? Okay. Um, orthotics are art supports that are uh, usually fabricated off a patient's foot. Um, the problem is um, is that the word is thrown around and it's been abused by a lot of different people, a lot of different doctors, a lot of different companies. The official definition is a, an appliance that controls function. 
that's all it is. And people go from there. Um, everybody makes art supports. Everybody has different ideas of what is a good art support or bad art support. And there's no real true answer of what works, specifically because everybody has so many different ideas. Well, and everybody has different feet. Yes. Some of them might be different sizes, even on the same person. Absolutely. So if you were to get, quote, customized orthotics, is that something you do in your office? Actually, we've gone the opposite way. We've customized orthotics are, for one thing, a lot more expensive than they than they used to be. And it's a non-covered service allow, in Hawaii. So patients, patients have a hard time spending that kind of money. So what we've done is we've tried to go the opposite way. We've tried to go with more prefabricated art supports, things that we can mold and adjust, but are a little less expensive. With this and economy, still customizable, the way it is. sure. Yeah, with with the economy the way it is, a lot of times people do better. I mean, people we want to try to help patients out as much as we can, so we try to give them things that are sl- that are customized but not custom made because they're just too expensive. But if they wanted fancy custom made, they could oh, yeah. do it. Yeah. So you, it ranges the gamut. You don't Absolutely. have to feel like I'm going to go in. I'm going to have to spend three hundred dollars and all this kind of right. stuff for my special shoes and all this, Absolutely. all this other apparatus. You could go on a much more economical scale, or you could go and spend yeah. three hundred dollars and get you know Supreme Orthotics custom made. Yeah, people need what they need. They they need as much protection and support as they need. And sometimes all it is is just a little wedge of material, a little pad. Um, sometimes they can go get away with a prefabricated art support, which is enough. Other people need custom made, and it's just a question of just finding the right the right balance for the patient's foot problems and the patient's pocketbook. And they'll know if it's right. Yes. If it feels good. Yes. At the end of the day, they take their shoes off. Their feet aren't aching. They're happy. Oh, that's another thing. If you have foot problems. I usually recommend that patients wear their footwear in the house. Shocking news, everyone. You don't leave your shoes outside. Yeah. Or can you just have an indoor pair of clean shoes? You could do that. Or you could wear, a, or some people, what they'll do is they'll get a, a good pair of slippers to use in the house. The problem is we forget that we're unprotected when we walk into our houses. And our houses are covered with concrete, ceramic tile, slate floors, hardwoods. A lot of surfaces that really just beat the, the beat the heck out of our feet. So sometimes we need footwear to protect ourselves indoors as well as outdoors. Another thing to keep in mind. Now, you know, I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. There have been so many different callers that really, I think, got a, a definite value for hanging on the line and waiting to have a chance to talk with you. If people wanted to see a podiatrist, if they wanted to see you, how would they get in touch with you? Your clinic, the Hawaii Foot Clinic, how could somebody call and and make an appointment? Well, you can call our office. Um, we are both at uh, in, our, in our private office in Kukui Plaza, and we're also at Straub, uh, the King Street, uh, the King Street uh, campus. Okay. And our number is uh, 536-6584. Fantastic. Okay. And that's how they could schedule for either one. Absolutely. Fabulous. All right. We are just about out of time. If you want to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. Hear the podcast. Our engineer, David Chong. Our executive producer, Bethany Kozlovich. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We're going to have Dr. Yee on again sometime. It's been popular. We'll see you next Monday. Mm-hmm.